It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires and I am the host of this podcast. Hey, this month we've been talking about uh, stage presence and stage transitions, things that have happened. And every month, if you've been following us for any length of time, you know that we always wrap up our month with uh, the mentor chat. And today we're going to just tell stories about some fun experiences on stage. Um, and uh, But before we get to that, I want to go around and introduce everybody. Hey, Joe, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Hey, everyone. I'm Joe Hornis. I was the worship director at Willow Creek Church in Chicago for about 20 years and uh, did a couple startup churches after that. And now I run the Joe Hornis Worship Collective, just doing coaching and mentoring for worship ministries. So come reach out and find me if you're interested in talking more. But great to be with you today. Love it. What about you, Michael? Well, and also, Joe, you're the guy who has a jar of M&Ms on your kitchen counter, right? <laughs> Until Jason got here. <laughs> it's all gone. He ate them all. Every one of them. <laughs> Jason ate it all. Anyway. <laughs> so, Michael, That's go ahead good. Go ahead and introduce yourself in there. That might have just <laughs> entered. That might have been your intro, actually. That, that might the intro. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Michael Bond. I am a worship pastor based in Oregon, the northwestern part of the United States. I work with a church family called River Valley Church, and they have five campuses in the southern Oregon area. And I get to work with helping as an executive pastor, working with kind of the whole network. And then I'm a campus and worship pastor at our main, main site. And I love hanging with guys like you and talking about um, what God does when we gather together and how we inspire and encourage our teams to um, to serve with excellence in the middle of it and in the middle of it all for the good and the bad. And I'm looking forward to this convo today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you always talk about organ. Do you ever use piano and guitars, too? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe Harnett. <laughs> yes. We do use just checking pianos and guitars. I love the Put zings across across the conversation here. Man, that was it's gonna be that good. Was wild. Uh, Jason, do you want to do you dare follow that? I don't know if that's. Uh, I don't know. It's gonna be luck. the ten minute intro. No, my name is Jason Harris. I'm a worship leader and the executive pastor at Browncroft Community Church in Rochester. So I'm in the Northeast, Rochester, New York. And it's just an amazing uh, opportunity to shepherd and pastor uh, worship leaders, but also uh, our entire staff and our congregation. Uh, so it's great to be here with you again. Love it. And go ahead, Tim. Uh, uh, my name is Tim Tibbles. I am smack dab in the middle of the country near Tulsa, Oklahoma. I am the creative arts and worship uh, minister for First Church in Owasso, Oklahoma. We were actually a church before Oklahoma was a state, so that's wow. why we have the name we have. And um, we are uh, we are growing, and it's an incredible time to be here. And I'm in a interesting season of ministry because I am helping develop and raise up worship leaders uh, in in preparation for whatever season comes next. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to share some of that with you guys. Mm -hmm. So good, so good. Well, I love it. 
before Oklahoma became a state. Wow. Yeah, that's, oh. 1907. Wow. wow. That's a cra- that's crazy. Yep. You must be really old. <laughs> You've been there for a long time. <laughs> it's right. So it's many the stories. Cream. It works. It's the, you know. <laughs> hey, so as I mentioned, this this month we uh, we're talking about stage presence and stage transitions, and uh, those things come with stories. And so we've all been on stage when like something has gone wrong, something funny, something. I mean, just the way things can happen when you uh, when you're up in front of people. A lot of people don't realize those that. That's what a worship leader panics about most times is is what's going to happen and what could go wrong. And um, and so as worship leaders are listening to this, like, I think it's just important that we share that, like, these things happen to everybody. And so I'm going to go first while you guys are thinking about a story. Um, one of my favorite stories is uh, and I was lead, I was leading worship at a church um, and with my kids in the audience and my daughter was sitting in towards the back and I looked over at her and I winked. She winked at me. And I winked back at her because that's what you do when your three-year-old daughter, your three-year-old daughter winks at you. You are required to wink back. Like I'm, she winked at me. So I winked back at her only to realize that in between me and her was this 14-year-old girl. And the 14-year, she looks at me and she points at herself like, me? You're winking at me? Like she was, she thought I winked at her from stage during church and now I'm leading and I'm panicked. My hands are sweaty. Like I'm getting nervous. <laughs> like I'm thinking on, this is the last time I'm ever leading worship. I'm going to jail. Like this is, I'm, I am flirting with a 14 year old on stage. This is not going to go away. It's, it's videoed. Like clearly you're going to see me wink from the, you know, wink from the, uh, from, from the stage. So I go up to the the parents after I bet a beeline to the parents, like, please don't arrest me. Like if your daughter comes home and she has this, <laughs> like, and I'm like trying to, you know, that nervous chatter, like, I'm sorry. I really, I yeah. couldn't even focus when I was on stage. Cause that, you know, and they're dying of laughter. They're like, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Cause I was a guest too at the moment. They didn't even know me. I was a guest worship leader yeah. who winked at their daughter from stage. And except I was winking at my daughter who was behind her. And so to this day, I won't wink again. I won't. I will not wink because there's. You never know who's going to think that you're winking at them. You learn. You learn. You you live and you learn. You live and you learn. So if you're listening to this, just don't even think about it. Don't think about winking at anyone from stage. But uh, uh, who's next? Who's next? Because I know things have happened in the in 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 this circle. I can go. Do so, it. Oh. Uh, I did not, I have not winked from stage. I don't think, um, but <laughs> I don't think. so oftentimes in, you know, many worship services, there's a, a talking portion after the, you know, worship block, you know, you, you, you sing a couple songs and then you go into some kind of announcements or testimony or whatever. And so uh, in our church, uh, very occasionally, this is the senior pastor. And usually occasionally it's the senior pastor when it's some kind of, you know, very sensitive subject or something very specific. And there's a reason why he's supposed to be doing it. And uh, so we're leading, I'm leading worship. And as the song, the end of the song approaches, my audio director gets on the heads and goes, we can't find the senior pastor. Oh no. And so we start repeating. We go, like we give the signal, we repeat a chorus. And he was like, have you found him yet? Like, I'm just looking back going, yeah, no, no, not yet. Okay. And so eventually we go into a time of prayer. Um, and so half of my prayer is leading the congregation before the Lord. And the other part is, dear Jesus, help us find wherever the senior pastor is right now. And eventually, like this section goes on and on. And eventually we got, we got him. He's backstage. Go. And it was like, 
Amen. All right. Everybody, you can be seated as our senior pastor walks down. And this is probably four to five minutes later in our service than it was supposed to happen. But we had a nice reflective moment together. <laughs> and so that's where why was, we have in-ears. Where <laughs> was he? Wait, was he just, was he gone? Does he, did he uh, not he know he was supposed to be up? You know, mm. he was... T- he, well, it's not something that he often does because we have several services and in that, like he'll sit through several of them, but sometimes he doesn't make it to every single one at the beginning of service because he's talking to somebody or there might be a counseling session in between. <laughs> you never know. Um, and so uh, in this, and so it's not, it is not a regular occurrence yep. uh, for him to be t- talking in those specific moments. Um, but I was definitely glad that we had in-ears. If not, I would have been giving like a financial or some kind of <laughs> talk that I was not probably prepared to talk to at the time. <laughs> now he, he does. You want to go ahead and put those slides, those slides on the screen now. so I can read them while I tell you what we're supposed exactly. to be talking about right now. Yes. <laughs> so, that's hilarious. All right, who's next? Who's next? Yeah, we, we've had a similar scenario because some of our campuses are just close enough that if we stagger our service times, when there's like we have somebody sick or last second, our, our one of our teachers could literally start the first service at our location, go to, if we like get them up to like maybe just one song or get them teaching right away, then they can head to another campus, show up, go right on teach, get back in the car, come back. You know, again, we have to do the math, but it technically is possible. Mm-hmm. And then there have been several times where I'm at the end of everything, just like Jason was saying, and I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, did he get pulled over? Was he in an accident? Did he get a ticket? What's going on? And we just keep stalling and keep stalling. There's one time I just said, okay, everyone, we're going to take extended time of greeting. We just really want to let you spend time to get to know one another. So, <laughs> You know, you release them for the long, hey, turn to your neighbor and say hi. And then it's like, you know, a minute goes by, everyone's looking back at me. Well, keep saying hi. You <laughs> <laughs> did know them really well. Hey, turn to your neighbor yeah, and, and actually get to room. know them. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk about your kids and grandkids if you have them. So, no, those can be awkward moments for sure. In that, whenever you break a string, it's a perfect time for that turn and talk. Absolutely. Hey, you know, right now would be a great time. Just get to know your neighbor real quick and and welcome them to the church. Tell them how long you've been coming and uh, your favorite, you know, thing about our church. Okay. (laughs) And then I run off stage, either fix a, grab my other guitar or, you know, change the string real quick. That's amazing. That's amazing. Michael, do you have more to that one? I got yeah. yeah, I have one that, so this isn't necessarily a funny thing, but it was a, a unique occurrence that happened at once, one stormy night in Oregon. Uh, it was, it was really storming. And these years ago we were, we were, and it just, it was really cool. We were doing that older uh, song, Amazing Love. Uh, was it Billy, Billy Foot wrote yep, that, yep. Song, that one, mm-hmm. that version. Um, and we, we were getting right to the, you know, you know, it's coming out of the verse, you know, I'm alive and well, your spirit lives within me because you died and rose again, two, three, four, and then, you know, downbeat of chorus. <clears throat> so we get to that point and it's storming. I mean, it's one of those, one of those nights where you're just, you're, you're hearing the, the building be buffeted by the storm outside and literally to the downbeat because he died and rose again, two, three, four, boom. 
amazing and and hit into that and literally power everything like lightning <laughs> struck nearby the whole thing went down and like right at that moment so all the stage lights sound system went off all of the emergency lights kicked on which is not a lot but enough and it was <clears throat> i mean it's enough that it's definitely distracting and and it jolted me but the coolest thing was it was like the congregation like i don't even know how this happened mm-hmm. this holy spirit orchestration congregation mm-hmm. system goes down goes dark emergency lights church stands up and sings amazing love That's and just cool. bust into it yeah. and it's like we didn't miss a beat mm-hmm. and i just because i'm like well they're gonna need to hear me so myself and other guitars we just kind of walked off the stage down into the center aisle mm-hmm. and and we're just kind of like waving people and we just kind of gathered and huddled in the center and just kept singing mm-hmm. and it was really oh, really cool. amazing that's fun that's so cool it was really cool so next time did you have someone cut the power intentionally? Like you're like, this was a cool moment. We're gonna and so then, for this That's another podcast. Yeah. For the second service. <laughs> the second the make it happen again. <laughs> Fake lightning. After power is restored. <laughs> this service isn't gonna be as cool as the last one. I'm sorry. I'm really for the, the no, terrible. Only happened only happened ever once like that. It was really neat. Really neat. That's that amazing. Cool. That's amazing. Joe, you got one for us? Cool. All right. So I used to produce conferences for Willow around the world, different places. And and, I had to, and Darlene had been to Willow a number of times. So she was going to be our worship leader, do a whole concert in Birmingham, England. And uh, so I was producing and playing keyboard and leading the band and stuff for, for that deal. And we ended up with a bunch of local musicians, um, most of whom were not up to the standards that that we were used to working with when when I was working with Darlene. So, um, so we had very difficult rehearsals, very difficult putting things together and trying to get the drummer to play in time, get everything to work. And one of the songs we rehearsed was Shout to the Lord, but the chart that they had didn't have the little key change in the chorus. And so he said, guys, write it in, write it in. Don't forget this happens. You know, it's when you go shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing power and majesty, praise to the king. And then and then it goes, I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Anyway, so Darlene was working so hard to get this group of people, hundreds of church leaders and Song after song, just good British folks. They weren't engaging emotionally. They were just sitting, staring at the stage. Nothing is happening spiritually in the room that we could tell. I'm sure be in, in heaven something was wonderful. But but um, so we finally get to shout to the Lord, the song everybody knows. And all of a sudden, people stand, hands start coming up, and they start singing, shout to the Lord. Oh, and you can see Darlene's spirit lift, the band lifts, you know, we're all going, yes. And we were partway through the chorus, and I'm t- coming up on that key change, and I'm thinking, they're not going to remember the key change. So I'm turning around, literally yelling at the band, key change, key change, because it's loud enough in there. Nobody's going to hear me out. Key change. So we get to the icing for joy. Darlene and the vocals all go up. I go up on the piano. The band just (laughs) keeps plowing in the old key. (laughs) 
And, um, and in that moment, every hand comes down in the room. You know, people stop singing. Whatever engagement was happening stops. And, and I still have this nightmare image of Darlene checks blonde hair in slow motion as she shakes her head and it's waving behind her as she's going no <laughs> at me and um so I look at the I look at the band and then I go we all go back down and enjoy their key because they they just were clueless you know but by then the moment was gone it was like the night was lost everything was lost the holy spirit um, ran and hid really fast yeah, yeah no kid yeah so it sure felt no. like it anyway well. anyway so so we we get we we get done with the whole evening. We go to whatever the hotel room suite that we were all meeting in afterward to, to kind of unpack the evening. And uh, Darlene comes over to me and she says, well, just so you know, that was my worst worship leading moment ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I and Darlene and I were good friends, but I, I was like, I'm so glad I have that on my resume. <laughs> Because I was probably never going to hit like the top worship leading moment with Darlene ever. So I might as well take the bottom. And, um, you know, so um, so we we've laughed about it since then. But in that moment, it was like, yep, uh, that was that was not my favorite moment to be kind of responsible for for, for that uh, scenario on stage. I love talk about things. I love- I love how you said you 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 have the picture in your head of her of her hair flipping. No. Oh, oh yeah. You know, when you talk about confusion is the enemy of worship, you know, how you create distractions, cause people to disengage. That was the ultimate one. So uh yeah, so that's my that's my real claim to fame. Right. Well, Joe, there's 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 often debate on what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit. I think you solved the mystery. <laughs> You're going to do something, do it well, right? Fantastic. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, geez. All right, Tim, you're up. What's the move? Uh, well, mine starts with a little bit of context. I was hired uh, to be the associate youth minister at this church in uh, 2000, so September 2000. And I did that for a couple of years, and we lost our worship leader here. And part of my responsibility is leading worship for the students, or uh, uh, my responsibility as a uh, associate youth minister was to lead worship for students. So I would sub in occasion and lead worship for for big church. And um, when our worship leader left, the leadership came to me and said, hey, we'd like you to step into this role. Um, our context at that time, we had volunteer teams, you know, back in the day when you had kind of volunteer teams and volunteer leaders. And so kind of the way our, our church was structured is there was a volunteer team with a volunteer leader. And we worked alongside of them as as pastors and ministers mm-hmm. to kind of help lead the lead the team of, you know, worship ministry. So the volunteer leader for the worship, and I'm going to leave this these names out here because there's a good chance that that they might stumble upon this podcast one day. But um, the volunteer minister at the time uh, decides to take me to lunch after the announcement had been made that I was going to be the new, you know, the lead worship minister. And uh, and I'm thinking we're going to have a great lunch that we're going to get to know each other, and he's going to tell me all the dreams and visions that he has, and we're going to figure out how to accomplish those. And we go, and I will never forget this. We sit down in this restaurant, we order our food, we sit down. 
we hadn't even received our plates yet. And he says, you're probably wondering why I brought you to lunch today. You know, being young and naive, I said, well, probably I figured we'd talk ministry and what you want to accomplish and how I can help make that happen. He said, no, I I brought you here to tell you, I think the elders made a terrible decision and you shouldn't be the the worship minister. So I spend the next hour in awkwardness, you know, you know, and he's asked, I mean, and he is you know, it's it's like a firing squad. Well, what about this? And what do you think about that? And you're, you're like asking a, a, all these a, a, questions. Am I buying lunch? Are you buying lunch? Who's paying for yeah, the lunch? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not so, eating mine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So fast forward to Sunday, the very, I mean, and this is, you know, probably middle of the week. I don't remember what day it was, but we come to Sunday and this is my first Sunday to lead worship uh, for the church as the worship minister. Right. And, uh, and, back then we had to wear suits and ties and, you know, all stuff. So I've got my, you know, my guitar on and which was a, which was a big deal for our church at the time that I'm leading from a guitar. And, uh, we count off one, we didn't have clicks back then. So drummer counts off one, two, three, four. And I go to strum my guitar and you guys have probably all been in the situation where the guitar strap gets folded up on the pin. And second, I strum my guitar, my guitar falls to the ground. First oh, <laughs> oh. And I look up, and in the front row is the guy who took me to lunch. <laughs> no! Arms folded, oh, shaking ow. his head. <laughs> oh, and, uh, and I just had one of those moments I'm looking at him, and it just reminded me of that moment in 1 Corinthians 2 when Paul's like, you know, I didn't come to you with, you know, a, a, you know, a polished message. I came mm-hmm. to you in my weakness and, you know, all for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just one of those moments where it was like, man, everything that could have gone wrong at this moment went wrong. And, uh, mm. you know, I picked up my guitar and I laughed at myself and I said, church, let's try that again. And we counted off <laughs> and the rest of the day went great, but it's just one of those. So I actually use this as a teaching, you know, moment to tell people mm. like, Hey, you never know yeah. what's going to happen, but yep. the, this is when God works the best is in our weakness, mm-hmm. you know, and 23 years later, you know, here I am, uh, still leading mm. worship and, um, Amen. I'd love to have lunch with that guy soon. So, yeah. <laughs> so. that's crazy. I love your recovery on that. How quick? Yeah. Now, was your first thought, did he fold my strap up? Like, I want to know if that was, was was this, was this, was this sabotage? Did this feel like, this feel like I got stuck here? No, I mean, you know, when you're trying to play a guitar wearing a suit jacket, you know, there's always the, the chance that that's going to happen, you know, back in those days, that was kind of a thing. But, uh, but anyway, that's when, when people ask me like my worst stage moment, that's literally the story that comes to mind day every one. time. So the- <laughs> day one, <laughs> Jason, can I throw one more story? On Please let's tell more stories what, with what he just said, but there was a time then when I was asked to uh, go to Indonesia with the group and, um, there were a bunch of kids in an orphanage in Indonesia. And some of them were musicians now or had some basic musical skills and they wanted to start like a worship band, but they, they had no training. They, you know, they, and they mostly, they didn't have instruments. So my brother-in-law who was on the trip took me to a, to a um, music store and we, and he, I don't know what, how much he spent, but we bought a drum kit and we bought guitars and we bought a keyboard and we bought, you know, all, you know, shakers and percussion. We, we bought a sound system, you know, so these kids could, could worship in, um, uh, in the orphanage that they were in. And, um, 
So long story short, after the week, I had spent some time teaching them some really simple choruses that they could play. And we had this gathering of people that were coming to hear these kids lead worship on their new instruments and stuff. And they had some very simple choruses that they that they um, played and it was beautiful and seeing these kids with no music, just, you know, but just trying to play the stuff that, um, that I had tried to teach them. But then ironically shout to the Lord comes up again. But um, <laughs> then one of the kids just started, I, I don't, he just started singing shout to the Lord and, and played some chords. And it was like, if you remember the musical, the music man, it was the think system. It was, it was everybody playing what they thought might work for shout to the Lord. Well, and everybody's in different keys. They're trying to find oh. each of where each other's at, but they're playing this rough facsimile of shout to the Lord and these kids similar, start similar singing. to your experience in London. I just want to point that out. That was a- <laughs> yeah, but these kids start yeah, but they start singing "Shout to the Lord" from their hearts. Oh, and musically, it is a wreck. Spiritually, it was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. still have multiple friends and family members. It was like the Holy Spirit came down in that moment. The room, people started to weep. People started falling on the floor. Mm-hmm. People, people there, I know multiple people who received Christ in that song, in that moment, in wow. Indonesia, as these kids think system their way through, shout to the Lord. And and musically and in every other way, it was a disaster, except for these kids with their whole hearts singing as best they could in the most horrible way possible, shout to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I've thought about it so many times because, you know, Willow, we were so uh, careful about every note and every cutoff and every bend and vibrato and you know i mean every detail musically and you know so perfectionist and in what we did and in that moment with a bunch of kids where about everything was wrong you could do wrong god decided to show up yeah. it's about the best and, of offering right right yeah like, we're, we're yes. bringing our best and if that was their best i mean this is when this is what exactly yep. what paul's talking about in first corinthians chapter two it's it's in our weakness yep. that his demonstration of power happens and so you see them bringing their best offering might look a lot different than our best offering mm-hmm. uh, yeah but that's when the lord and, does his work yeah exactly yeah and that, that's exactly what i've thought about so many times since then is is going you know what god can show up whenever he wants and mm-hmm. for every one of us that have had a whole lot of these kind of mistakes that we're talking about. One, the good news is, is most of us can laugh about them later, but it's also is a, such a great reminder that um, God can show up where and when he wants to. When you bring your best offering from your heart, like mm-hmm. Tim just said, and you just go, uh, God can use anything. And um, it, it, that's a great reminder that it doesn't always, doesn't have to, we don't have to be perfect for him to do his work. Mm-hmm. I uh, I heard someone say recently, excellence is not a fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And uh, excellence may be uh, the soil that cultivates the fruit. Um, but uh, but sometimes I think to your point, uh, we get so caught up in the finite details um, mm-hmm. 
and we get so caught up in the work of the Lord that we forget the Lord of the work. Mm-hmm. And, um, That's good. you know, we, uh, we, we have to be really careful that we don't hold up excellent as a fruit, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, we aim for it, but it, you know, but to remember that God's not dependent. And like you said earlier, excellence is doing the best we can with what we have. You yep. bring your best offering yep. and it's not always great, but bringing your best and let God I'd use it. So good. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Just sitting back, like thinking, thinking through that, that just, that is bringing your best is going to look different based on who you are and where you're at. And, mm-hmm. um, but you have to be, it has to be defined as your best, you know, and not as the, your best doesn't mean perfect. Like your best isn't, and your best isn't, doesn't look like the album that maybe is, you're like, I I can't reach that. So I can't even try. It's, it's and the truth is that's probably not even have. their best, right? Like they've right. retracked half of those instruments so that mm-hmm. they sound good on the right. P3, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, I, to your point, I think we, we just, this is what worship is. It's bringing our very best and laying it before the Lord. And God knows, he knows where we are in our life in that moment and what we are capable of in that moment. And he, and I think he honors that he, that's what he wants from us. I love it. I remember uh, years ago, I went, uh, Louise Plowen did this uh, campaign called Arise Uganda. And so he had this whole network of associate evangelists. And so um, his whole goal was to go all throughout the country with all these different evangelist teams and worship teams and do these crusades. And I was blessed to be a part of that. So I was leading one of the teams with one of the evangelists. So I put together a team from our church and Obviously, we want to go there, bring excellence. We had all our stuff dialed. And I, one of the team members, good friend of mine, was one of these people that, I mean, one of the best musicians I've ever known and tended to be, I don't want to say hate on more simple worship songs, but kind of just, you know, if it was just four chords and repetitive, kind of like, eh, that's kind of lame. And awesome, awesome person, but just kind of came from that posture. We all know people that kind of come from that posture. So we go to Africa together and he's on the worship team with me and we do our thing. We go up first and then their worship team goes up, the locals that were hosting us. And there was this crusade and it's pretty cool. It was like 60,000 people there. It's it's just amazing, amazing thing. And we got up and gave our best, what we thought were our best. They got up and gave their best. And Obviously, their their team was amazing, and what they brought was amazing. But I had some profound things happen in our worship team because we were coming at it a little more music with a little mu- musical elitism. Mm-hmm. And I remember the time I was I was standing next to this friend of mine, and he's like, "The bass player's four string bass. He only has three strings, mm-hmm. and pretty much the groove was almost like boom, 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 boom. You know, almost the whole whole time, maybe every once, bum, 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 bum." Um, you know, for half hour or longer, I don't know, but the whole stage is full of dancing and passion and crying out to the Lord and tears. And mm. there's people yeah. praying for others for deliverance and people are being healed. And it, it was like the most, pa- one of the more powerful spiritual environments I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. And it was very transformative for a lot of us. And, and especially for my buddy who was coming from more of the musical elitist position. I came to worship music and he was just kind of humbled and for all of us too, just blown away by here. These guys are coming with what they have and 
they actually were bringing more spiritual juice, I guess, if you put it that way, than we were in a sense, because we were trying to do maybe more on the, just to be real, maybe we were trying to do more on the outside and they're trying to draw their strength from the inside. So we learned a lot that day for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. You guys, yeah, this is so these conversations I always, you know, we start, we started telling funny stories and we kind of get, we got to this point where it's like, like all of these things that I don't think people realize are it's real life. Like it's real life as you get up on stage and uh, you might be sitting like you might be sitting, driving your car going, Oh my gosh. Like that's not, it's not a fail when you're up mm-hmm. on stage and you miss a key change. Like it's not a fail. Like you don't, you don't walk away going, I didn't, I failed that. I didn't do that. Right. I didn't, it's really easy to like harp back on yourself, you know, and go, this is not a real, this is a, this is a frustrating moment, but you realize like we are all in this together. Like this is a big, this is a big deal. Like getting up on stage in front of people is a big deal. And um, so I just wanted to kind of wrap up to, to today, uh, reminding reminding you that you are not alone when you're up on stage and when you are in those in those moments. Although you might feel like it's you're the only one that's ever that's ever done that. You're the only one who's ever dropped your guitar in the middle and at, at the very beginning of of of, of leading worship. Like you're not you're not the only one who's done that. Uh, Tim might be the only one's ever done that, but you're not, uh, and on this podcast, but you're not the only one you and Tim might be the only two, but, um, but anyway, but, <laughs> Hey, as we, as we, uh, wrap up, I, um, just wanted to ask my, my food question for the day because that's what we do at, on, on, on the table. So we, my family and I just got back from traveling the country and we've been on this pizza kick. We've been traveling the country, looking at pizzas, trying all the different pizzas, We've had Chicago style. We've had, I didn't even know what was a Detroit style pizza. Um, and then we had New York style pizza. And then we had pizza from Oregon, which I don't even know what style that was, but it was good. Um, so my question for you is you go to order your pizza. What's something that has to be on the pizza? And what's something that cannot touch pizza that you're like, there's a, there is a, there, there, there's, there are toppings that I just can't even. Why do you put pineapple on a pizza? Like that some people think that. And so I just was curious what you guys are thoughts. I will I will say um I have a I love going to places where you can build your own pizza and I put as much on my pizza as humanly possible. I feel like the mountain is just mod pizza is just <laughs> is the way to do it. Like you the, all the mountain things on the pizza. Um the only thing that I don't do are the like things that just should never be eaten. Like who puts anchovies on pizza? I just that's not a thing. It should never be a thing. <laughs> Should never be eaten. Should never be touched. Talk about, but uh, Michael, you, you seem to be the pizza guy. So, what is your, what are you thinking? My favorite pizza and the style that you had in Grants Pass at the restaurant that you had it at is more of a Neapolitan style. Neapolitan. Pizza. I knew there was a word uh, for it. Yes, it's the the squishy crust from Naples. That's that's my fave. And when I'm in Italy, uh, simple pizza. I'm like you. When I'm in the states, I tend to in the states we tend to heap just tons as many toppings as possible. But down there, just I get this thing called diavola, or which pretty much means devil, or uh, sa- uh, salami picante. It's it's just basically like what we call pepperoni here. Just hot sausage. That's that's the move, man. I'm saying hot sausage. Let's go. But I'm with you. Like I would never put octopus on pizza. I'll just mm. draw the line. Good. They draw <laughs> live lines. Live lines. I, I, and they have a lot of hands, a whole lot of crayons, draw a lot of lines. No octopus on pizza. No fish. No pesce. No fish. <laughs> what? All right. What about you, Tim? No, no fish. Uh, 
So shout out to my favorite, uh, my favorite pizza place here in Oklahoma. It's called Hideaway Pizza. Um, it was founded where Oklahoma State University is, which is a town called Stillwater, Oklahoma. A friend of mine owns it. They've kind of got some uh, so they're, they're franchises around our area now. And um, honestly, I'm a pepperoni guy. I love pepperoni pizzas. So they have something called the Pepperoni Palooza. And it's a Ooh. New York style pizza, but it's got like seven different pepperonis that they just pile on this thing. And so I didn't even uh, know there was it. more I've, than one. This is this is the life changing. I'm hitting that. Uh, yes, it's crazy. I'm I am hitting that like uh, 50 mark here pretty soon. So my diet has had to change. So I switched from an actual like flour crust to a cauliflower crust. Mm. Which if you'd have told me to try it, I never would have. Um, but it's a uh, it actually tastes great. So I get this pepperoni palooza pizza on a cauliflower crust, and um, I love it. It's it's fantastic. So simple, but it's it 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 wins it wins the trophy in my book. So we we have uh, uh, we're having Yan- we have Yancey coming on our podcast in a, in a couple of weeks, and she talked about oh, Hideaway awesome. Pizza, and she's yes, Hideaway dude. Hideaway is y'all. If you ever get to uh, if you ever get to the Midwest, Hideaway is the way to go. So I will take you. I will buy it for you. So oh, I'm coming. Good. <laughs> We're all coming now. That's true. What about what about what about you, Jason? So favorite pizzas, anything like New York thin crust is yeah. my way. Not surprisingly, from you know Northeast. Um, and I, but I just got back from the Jersey Shore. My favorite place is Manco and Manco. So if it's a Jersey Shore place, New York thin wow. crust, really good. Um, yeah, so that's nice. I'm all about the, all the normal toppings good to go, but there's a place locally that has a crazy slice of the week and it's really just an experimentation in food and to see who will also buy this. (laughs) I don't know if anybody actually buys this, but they put it out just for fun. And so, uh, toppings have included things like strawberries, uh, spaghettios, M&M's, stuff like that. So it is like you walk into this place and you go in to get your pepperoni or, you know, your Supreme or whatever, but they always have this random pizza that you're like, no one better buy that. And I think they laugh anytime someone actually buys that piece, (laughs) but it's an experiment in, in food. You see him yell to the back. We actually got one. We actually got, exactly. (laughs) We got got a taker. That's right. What about you, Joe? Oh, and being a Chicago guy for all those years, yeah, you, you, I don't think you can beat Chicago pizza. Deep dish Chicago pizza, sausage, maybe mushrooms if you're a mushroom person. Yeah, okay. but uh, absolutely. We had we had yeah, deep dish. At, we had deep dish at Lou Malnati's, and it mm-hmm. was it was it was life changing. It was life changing. Yeah, you just and you and I've been all over the world and different places and you go and even people that say they do chicago pizza it's just <laughs> not chicago pizza like it is in chicago so no. yeah we always go go there that's you know, awesome. and miss that when we're when we're not there that's awesome hey guys hey, can I, I can i break oh, yeah. it? Oh, go for it go ahead uh, i just i i'm i'm taking a risk here because i'm Try, I'm I'm stomping on your space, but Lord. just off of the discussion that we just had, I just want to encourage people and make sure that they hear one from all of us that, yep, we all screw up, make mistakes, some little, some big. And, you know, fortunately, our God is so much bigger than that. And his Amen. grace is so much more sufficient. Amen. If you want a great study sometime with your teams, take them to Malachi 1. 
And where God comes to the people and he says, all I've asked is that you bring me your best offering. And he said, but many of you have figured out that, you know, when you come to the altar, uh, you bring me the sheep that's leaning against the fence post, the flies are all over it, its tongue's hanging out, it's about dead. If you bring me that one, it costs you a lot less than if you actually bring me your best. Mm-hmm. And then he says, should I receive that from you kindly? And then then he makes this great statement. He says, oh, that there was one among you who would shut the gates, that you would not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. Mm. And what God is pleading there for, there is not perfection, but what he is pleading for is that we would give time and thought and energy into bringing him our best offerings. And um, and I think what you hear from all of us of going, God's used kids in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. He can use people in all kinds of situations and pour his spirit out. Um, but he says, but man, bring me your best. Mm-hmm. You know, make, make sure your team, um, they should all know that passage and then go through and say, what's your best offering as a vocalist? What does it mean to bring your best offering as a drummer? What does that mean to bring your best offering? What happens when we all bring our best and it's not perfect and it's not about our performance. It's not about us, but we bring God the best offering of thanks that we can and look what he can do with it. And um, so anyway, that's just, I hope that's the takeaway somewhere in all of this is that, that people listening go, you don't have to be perfect, but man, what is it? What would it mean for our team week after week to say, but we're going to, we're going to shut the gates. We're going to bring our best, you know, and that people would take that from this. Amen. Amen. Let's Amen. take up an offering right now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll that see was you really good. Man. That was really good. It was job. amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. We'll see everybody next week. <laughs>